Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. We uh, just got back, if you've been uh, kind of journeying with us for a little bit, we just got back from Thailand, our Thailand's missions team, uh, just got back. This is my Akka vest. I get to wear this whenever I come back from Thailand because this is what I get to wear when I go uh, there. It's very colorful and ornate. Uh, this is a bag that has been uh, a gift from some Akka leaders, and it's just one of the people groups that we work with uh, in Thailand. Um, but you're going to be uh, hearing from the team this morning, and we're going to be connecting with it uh, to our mission and vision and just kind of life uh, in the church family. And we're going to give you a little bit of an overview. You're going to get a lot of pictures Uh, And you're going to hear a few stories this morning from our team. So I'm going to have our team go ahead and join me up here. You guys have to put on a big smile because you're intimidating when you don't smile. And then go ahead and give them a round of applause as they come up here and join us. Last, uh, Last Sunday... Uh, I wasn't here, I wasn't fishing, I wasn't playing golf, wasn't playing hooky. Uh, last Sunday I was, I was with this team uh, up in Mesolong in the uh, northern province of Thailand and we were connecting with our sister, sister Aka Church up there um, on our very first missions trip that we took to Thailand in 2012. Uh, we connected with that church family. Uh, we were there for uh, a morning of ministry, and then we had a lunch uh, afterwards and had a meeting with the pastors of that church and the village elders, and we were having the define the relationship conversation, right? What was this going to look like going forward? And we came out of that with a sister church that we have been connected to since 2012. We visit them whenever we take a team back, and we've seen God grow uh, our connections and our partnerships there, but we were in that Aka church uh, last week, and I was wearing my vest and my bag, uh, and then the bags that the team had were gifts from that pastor uh, uh, before we left um, the village, uh, but last Sunday, we were in our Aka church uh, vi- visiting that vibrant church community, and there was something that was unique that happened that marks kind of a shift in the church life, and I want to start with this before we hear just kind of about the trip. Uh, There's a portion of uh, their service. They do worship, and they've got kind of some places for um, kind of some different pieces of of the way that they do their service order, um, uh, similar to ours, and then some things that are unique there. And one of their leaders began to talk about a prayer focus that the church had. And this um, uh, this was a unique thing because it marked a shift in their perspective and in the way that they see themselves partnering with the things of God. And the uniqueness to this time is that the concern wasn't their church family. Their concern wasn't the needs of uh, their community, which has a lot of poverty. It wasn't an issue within their village or the way that they were connected with this uh, kind of the surrounding community. They brought forth a prayer need for another village. Uh, Not in the immediate vicinity, but one that they knew about that had a church in the village uh, where they did not have a pastor currently, where the church was very discouraged and facing some challenges and hardship. 
and where the majority of the community around that church uh, were not connected to Jesus in any way. In fact, the majority of what goes on around that church would be animism and witchcraft. And the thing that was unique is that the church's time of prayer at that moment shifted from themselves, shifted from the needs in their community or their desires to see God move in their own personal lives or in their village or in their church specifically. And it was a a shift in perspective. It was a shift in mission and vision to consider how can we be a part of breakthrough that's not for us? How can we be a part of petitioning for provision that doesn't Uh, benefit us? How can we be contending for God to move, not in this place, but in another place? How can we partner with the Lord in that? Uh, And so they prayed for this other village. They prayed for the church to be encouraged and for their needs to be met. They prayed for a new pastor to come and to begin to steward that congregation. And they prayed for breakthrough in the need for salvation uh, in their community. And it was interesting that what has happened is they are beginning to think about how can God use us somewhere else? And it really overlaps uh, what the Lord is doing in our church family in regards to the sermon series we started a couple weeks ago where we're considering what it means to be sent. Not just to follow Jesus to his person, but to be sent by him into the world to go and to preach the good news and to be participating in the things of the kingdom of God. And so we had this series that we've started saying sent here, there, and everywhere, considering what it looks like for us to do what Jesus said his disciples would do in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, that through the power of the Holy Spirit that they were to go and to make disciples in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth, to go from there here, to the there, to the everywhere. And it was interesting to see uh, the Lord to begin to do that uh, in the the village. It marks a shift in maturity when you begin to not follow the Lord for your own benefit, but when you begin to follow Jesus into being a participant in how he would minister into the life of another. Uh, And as, as followers of Jesus, and we talked about this as we started our our series, you and I are all called to Jesus, but we are also all sent from him. That there is a receiving and a giving, that there is to be this filling up and then a pouring out of our lives that is to mark kind of the rhythm and the march of maturity in us. If you're a new believer, if you're just kind of testing the waters with this Jesus thing, if you're just getting to know the Lord, just understand that there's gonna be a part of your growth and development as a person that will shift from what the Lord is doing for you and in you to to being a a shift towards what is the Lord gonna use you to do in the life of others. And if you have followed the Lord for a while, and if you've kind of been growing, and there's kind of a restlessness in you, that's by design, to move from being somebody who comes to Jesus to get what they need, to take what the Lord has given you, to go and to give it, to others, and so I would just kind of give you that that type of a, a, a thought there that Jesus sends us out into the world uh, to really to participate with Him in the things of the kingdom of God, and He sends us here, there, and everywhere. Um, we have uh, 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 school starting here at NJC, and there are students who are coming in from everywhere else, and this is their everywhere. And for you and I, this is our here, right? There's there's this movement constantly in the kingdom of God where he is deploying his people 
in kind of rhythm and motion for assignment and to participate. And so I just want to start with that because as you hear from a team that was sent to, to Thailand, right, to an everywhere type of a thing, the things that God wants to do in and through our church family is not reserved for just being sent to everywhere. It's to understand that there is a, a life that he would have in his people where wherever we are, we have an expectation that we're gonna partner with whatever he's doing in whatever way is possible for us. And so I just wanted to kind of begin uh, with that. Uh, we're in a series called Sent, again, here, there, and everywhere. And we as a team got to be sent to an everywhere place as we went back to Thailand to reestablish our missions work there. We've been doing uh, that since 2012, um, but we haven't sent a team since 2019, um, and you guys kind of all know what happened to the world that disrupted that rhythm, but we're getting back on track, but I want to introduce you to the team that went. I'm going to give you kind of a little bit of an overview of, of where we went and what we did, and then you're going to hear from each one of our team members, but this is Andrew Duell. This is Malachi Hackbarth, my son, so he's super special to me. Uh, this is Jacob Parrish, and this is David Roberts. And if you guys would just welcome them and give them a hand, that would be wonderful. Um, none of these guys had been to Thailand previously, so this was a new experience for them. Two of them, uh, Jacob and Malachi, had never traveled internationally, and so this was kind of a big, a big step for them as well, but we made it out and we made it back and that's like the lowest bar of success, right? So uh, we, <laughs> we achieved bare minimum on that, but I wanna give you kind of an overview of, of what we did on the trip and the, the first pictures uh, series that we have up there. These are um, uh, pictures of the missionaries that we go to. Whenever we go on a trip, and this is important, whenever we go on a trip, we go specifically to meet with and encourage our existing relationships and partnerships. Um, it's, it's, uh, uh, it's really, it's an invaluable thing. Over there on the left, uh, we connected with Clinton and Patiana Moore uh, and their daughters. We hosted them just last month as they came to visit us and they were furloughing in the States. And so they would be people that literally, they were just here ministering to us and we got to go and connect with and encourage them. In the center, that's Paul and Lori Vernon and their family. They're our longtime uh, friends and missionaries. Uh, in Thailand and were our original connection to that nation and what God was doing there. And we had a chance on several occasions to do that with them. And then we have the picture over here on the right. Uh, and I will point out that Malachi is uh, um, hamming it up. And uh, the first service I said, and here's a team picture over here. And I started giving the spiel on on the picture and everybody was kind of laughing and I didn't understand the joke until I looked. Um, I picked that picture when I had like jet lag fog brain and I didn't actually proof that picture at all. I just sent it and had it put in there. Um, and so I just, I felt like that was more of, uh, I guess that that was a God thing there. <laughs> but um, uh, that picture is not there because of Malachi's face. Uh, it's particularly there for the young lady who is standing next to him to his left, her name is Fern. And I would encourage you to just remember her name and be begin to pray for her. Uh, she's in her early 20s, loves Jesus. She's a part of a church in Chiang Rai and loves to serve in children's church, um, cares for little kids. But she joined our team as an interpreter. And so she went with us when we went into the northern villages in Thailand and she was one of our interpreters, taking a huge step 
uh, in her own growth and her own development as a young lady who loves Jesus and moving from just kind of serving in uh, many ways a behind the scenes place in her local church to taking a big step into being the interpreter for a host missions team. So if you would just keep her in prayer, she's one of our new missionary friends and we're going to hopefully make more and more connections with her. Uh, The next picture is just a series of pictures of some of the pastors uh, that we met with. All of these are pastors of four square churches in Thailand. Uh, We met with uh, Pastor Me and Pastor Joe and a number of others as well, but I do want to highlight these relationships because they are new and growing relationships for us. The one on the far left, his name is Pastor Pakim. Pakim lives in Myanmar, uh, which is, was formerly known as Burma. Uh, he has planted a number of churches there, has a Bible school, and he brought 30 students from Myanmar. It was our last day of ministry. He brought them into Maesai, Thailand. We all went and met them there and did some teaching and training um, and some prayer over that team. Um, that is a new relationship for us and one that we are excited about. It is likely that when we go back to Thailand that we look to take a team over the border. The border was closed on this occasion to foreigners, and so they were able to come in and meet with us. But please be praying for him. The guy in the center is Pastor Noah. He pastors of an Aka Foursquare Church in Tatan, Thailand. Um, and in many ways, he's in an, uh, a rural area, an impoverished area, and he's doing ministry um, almost completely alone. And so the need for connection and encouragement and resourcing is great. Uh, We're gonna see in a little bit that he's one of the men who is utilizing the Bible speaker project that we were a part of where we're getting um, audio Bibles uh, into the hands of uh, nationals there that in their own language so that they can begin to actually teach and disciple in that way. And then the one on the far side, that is Pastor Pradit. Pastor Pradit is at the Chiang Mai Four Square Church. um, And he is... um, he is asking all the right questions right now as a church, uh, where they're moving from just kind of doing church to trying to discover how, to we, how do we develop and empower and send out our congregation to go do all of the stuff that Jesus has designed uh, for them. So we're uh, excited about what uh, God is doing in, in Pastor Pradit. And of course, so this is Myanmar, this is uh, Tatan, this is Chiang Mai. We were all over the northern part uh, of the nation. The next picture is our Bible speaker project p- picture. Pastor Me is over there on the left. He pastors in a very uh, rural um, community outside of Chiang Mai. He's one of the leaders who is utilizing uh, the Bible speaker project. He's in kind of the checkered, like the, the striped checkered shirt on the far, uh, far left. Um, most of his uh, leaders and people that he's trying to reach um, can't, uh, can't read. And so this is a valuable resource for him. Over here is a picture with uh, some of the leaders from Pastor Noah's church, um, where they're using, utilizing that as well. That would be in Tatan. Um, and so they're using that to develop their leaders and to help get the Bible into their hands. And that picture there is just for your benefit, right? We did a Bible speaker project uh, campaign um, recently where we raised funds for that. And sometimes you uh, do that and then you get done and you wonder, hey, I wonder if we ever did the thing. We did the thing. There's the pictures, proofs right there. And you can know that God is using, um, using your, um, your investment in the kingdom like he's using it to reach the lost and to change lives. Um, Pastor Mee's village church is very small and there's a great need for 
Jesus in that village. We spent some time visiting homes towards that effect. Um, one of the unique things about this trip, and these are the last two pictures I'm gonna share, and then you're gonna hear from our team. One of the unique things about this trip was what God did through what we would just kind of generically call ministry time. Um, so in general, when we go as a team and we're hosted at a church or we're hosted at some type of a service, there's an expectation that we would bring some type of teaching and that we would share, much like when we have our missionaries here, they share um, and kind of bring a word of encouragement as well. But at the end of those services, there's also an expectation that we would spend time kind of praying for the needs uh, in, in the church family. And so this is kind of a regular rhythm for the way that we do missions over there. And as a team, uh, we were praying for all kinds of needs. Uh, and the needs are varying and great over there, um, especially in the rural context, because things that you would have as a, as a physical discomfort, where you could just go to your medicine, uh, your medicine chest and just maybe take something for those in many ways are out of people's hands. And so when you've got chronic back pain, when you have uh, something that is out of, out of place, uh, when you have things that uh, are of, of discomfort in your body, you don't have answers that you just can do for yourself in many ways. And so there is uh, um, there's a quick response towards prayer. Um, and so we had an opportunity to pray, uh, and each each guy on the team had an opportunity uh, to do that. We did that in teams. We did that with interpreters. Sometimes we just prayed for people, and you're just you're just praying as best you know how to see what the Lord does. Um, and this was the thing that was unique about this trip. Every trip that we've gone, um, we've taken teams, we've prayed, we've seen the Lord move. On this trip in particular, there was a special grace uh, towards the Lord and the way that he responded for the need for healing. Um, where the first church that we went to in Chiang Rai, we did a service and then afterwards we, we were praying for people uh, and this was kind of a new and unique experience for teams that we've sent to Thailand. Uh, every person that asked for prayer, for healing at that service, got healed. Like every, every one. Like it was like batting a thousand where you're like, is this like, is this, you know, or like, are you sure? Like, have you ever like prayed for somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, God answered your prayer. And you're like, wait a minute. Like, are you sure? Like you almost have to try, you try to talk them out of what God did. Cause you're just like, you're having trouble just having enough faith that your prayer was something that God listened to and responded to. It was, it was almost like that. It was really like, uh, uh, there was a few things that you prayed for. We prayed for like kidneys and stuff that, that you, you can't have an immediate um, attestment to because you would have to go and get um, clinicals or some things like that. But every, everything else, like God was just, it was like everything was a yes. It was, it was wild. And every church that we went to, um, it, was, it was the same thing. Um, and I, I share that with you. Uh, one, because there was kind of a, a, a grace to that. Um, but there was also like this simple expectation that God was going to move. And I think that God in many ways honors that type, of, uh, uh, that type of heart and humility and expectation when we come to him. And I would just point out to you that though for our team, like that seemed really unique, um, that God does that in our church family all the time. Um, I, I have um, debrief with our prayer station um, pretty frequently, and, and God's healing, he's moving, he's delivering, 
And I share that with you because sometimes we think that God does all of those things over there or all of those things in the everywhere, but he's never gonna do it here. Um, and I, you just need to recognize that God, God's moving. He's answering prayer uh, in very, very significant ways. Uh, the next picture wa was a fun one um, because uh, this was kind of in Tatan. This was up at Pastor Noah's church, and this was on the second night that we were there. There was uh, two people that came forward for prayer on that night, um, and it's because they weren't there the first night because uh, everybody else got healed on the first night. It was an interesting thing. But the man up here on the, uh, his picture is up on the left and the right. Uh, we were praying for his, um, we were praying for his legs and for healing, and we walked him through some things um, that needed to kind of be released in his life for him to walk into that. The woman in the front had some issues with her shoulder and back and nerves, and we were praying for her, and I just brought her picture because it was interesting. At the end, when, when we were kind of debriefing with her, she's like, she had movement, she was healed, and she said, when you were praying for me, I could feel like my, my arm and my shoulder, um, there was this sense of warmth, but what was more important is she said, I felt like that moved into my heart. Um, so whatever God was doing there, and, and this is important, um, physical, physical healing is good, okay? Um, when the Lord does the miraculous in that, we should celebrate that. There should be an expectation that God moves there. It is much more important that God moves in the heart of a person. Much more important that there is a significant transformation that happens on the inside of somebody. It, that's much more important than somebody just being physically comfortable. Um, and so that was, that was just, it, it was great because the Lord was moving in her life, not just in a way where she, he was answering the need, but there was something of him calling her heart and she was recognizing that and responding to that. Um, each one of the team members, they're going to share a little bit. They've got, they're going to have a, a, a three-picture panel up there uh, and share a little bit about why that's significant. I'm going to encourage you later on uh, this week or in the coming weeks, uh, you're not going to hear everything that happened. We can't do that in a 35-minute slot on a Sunday morning. Like the things that God did both in us as uh, team members and through us, um, uh, you would be better served by inviting um, one of them out for a coffee or for lunch, and they were out of the country significantly long enough to say yes to any invitation to go out and have some American food um, just because we've been home for like a day. Um, so the, they'll be quick to say yes, um, but I would just kind of give you that type of a, an offering. We're going to be having information that goes out uh, Facebook and online and stuff in the coming weeks as well, so you can stay up to that. But I wanted to have you hear from them and let them share a little bit. So this is David, and here's kind of his three significant pictures. All right, so, hey, I'm on, microphone's on. Um, so some of you know me, some of you don't know me, um, but um, worship has been a significant part of my life and who I've been um, for a pretty big chunk of it. Um, and so I wanted to talk about kind of our experience with that. Um, this is, that is in Maasai at the church with the Myanmar Bible students. Um, that is in Maesalong with the Aka church. And on the right is in Chiang Mai um, with the Shining Light Church. And one of the things that hit me from the first time we walked in, um, the worship team was practicing and, at Shining Light when we walked in. And they were playing a song that we knew. And so we could sing along. And um, we knew the words, even though they didn't have English words up there. And every church that we went to, every service that we attended, 
there were some songs that we knew in English, um, even though they were singing in Thai or Akka or Burmese or whatever. Um, and I, I had a conversation with Paul about this, that this is a picture of what heaven's going to be like, that we're told that every tribe and every language and every nation and every people are going to be gathered around the throne of God singing. And we're not all going to be singing in English or Hebrew or Aramaic or Greek or whatever. We're going to be singing in every language, every tribe, every language. And so we got a preview. We got a little early mm -hmm. taste of what heaven's going to be like on this trip. And so it was just really exciting. So. Yeah, it was, that, was, that was pretty significant. It was, it was fun for us. Um, and I, I would just say, um, you know, music is a universal language, you know? Um, and so they would play the tune of something, and we were like, we know this one, right? <laughs> and some of them were, like, as frequent as, like, songs that we do on Sunday morning, and some of them were songs that I learned when I was in children's church, and they were old when I learned them, so that tells you how long they've been circulating, but it was, it was really fun. I, I did want to share another significant thing, just, um, you know, when we would do ministry time, a lot of times uh, David would grab his guitar and he'd be kind of playing and kind of singing over and, and worshiping during that time. And uh, when, we, when we were showing the pictures of, of the people that we were praying for in Tatan, there was the man, uh, same guy, but a, a left and right picture of when we were praying for his legs. We had prayed and kind of he's like, this, this is kind of healed, this isn't. And we were kind of walking through this sequence of, uh, of kind of progressive healing. And there was kind of like, it felt like kind of like this wall that there needed to be kind of some, uh, just um, uh, kind of a breakthrough and um, something that we were trying to pray for. And all of a sudden, uh, David stopped playing. He put his guitar down and he came over and he joined us um, in prayer. And I was talking to him about that afterwards because the Lord had, had said something very specific uh, to him um, when he was, he was pr uh, playing. And that man was the last one we were uh, praying for. And the Lord had told him, uh, it's time, or it's not time to play, it's time to pray. And he knew that he was supposed to put his guitar down and like join us. And when he did that, then there was like, there was, there was breakthrough and there was healing, like immediately as, as he joined us. Um, and I just, I loved that you heard from the Lord, uh, that he talked to you in like Dr. Seuss rhyme so you couldn't miss it. Uh, and that you were able, that you were responsive, you know, to put down something that you know and that you love and that you're comfortable with and to step in. And there was something, I, th I think that there was something about your obedience that helped kind of finish what God was doing there. I just, um, I just, I wanted to make sure that I, I gave voice to that. Um, this is Malachi, and he was uh, our youngest on the trip. He's 12. Um, I had somebody ask, like, do you have to be 12 to go on the trip? And, like, we've actually taken somebody who was 10, so no, that's not the case. But Malachi was ready. Here's his pictures up here. Uh, the last day of ministry, we were with the Bible students from Myanmar. We took some time to teach and encourage them, and then we took some time to pray over them. And so, Malachi, tell us, tell us kind of how the Lord was using you in this and, and, and um, what he spoke to you. So I was praying for um, the guy up on the screen, and um, we were, out, me and Jacob were praying for him um, for like five minutes, and then the Lord spoke to me and told me that he was going to plant churches in 
uh, Aka villages. Mm -hmm. And so what did you do when the Lord kind of spoke to you about that, when you heard the Lord give you that, kind of that insight? I um, went to you and asked how I should um, like tell him that and mm -hmm. what I should do. Yeah, and then what did we do? Uh, we translated and told him about what uh, the Lord spoke to me. Yeah, and had the Lord spoken that to anybody else about that young man? Yeah. Yeah, isn't that cool? Yeah, that was, that was awesome. Um, Malachi came over to me when I was sitting there, and he had tears in his eyes. And he was like, Dad, I heard the Lord speak about this student. That uh, student is uh, unique to that group. He was the only Aka among the whole group. Uh, most of the other students were Lahu or Wa. There's a few other tribes. He was the only one. Um, he's, a, he's a part of uh, a church already and is excited about how the Lord might be using him. And Malachi came and said, hey, I, I heard from the Lord and this is what he said. And so we together weighed that. This is what the Bible teaches about how you walk through this process. We weighed it together. We took it to Paul. Uh, our missionary and said, hey, this is what kind of the Lord has said. And, and Paul said, this, this needs to be spoken to the young man. Um, a similar thing, uh, the Lord had spoken to Pastor Pakim about that young man, had spoken to Paul about that young man, had spoken to the young man himself while he was praying uh, alone in that context. And then Malachi had shared that with him as well. And so it was, it was awesome. Um, just to, to know that you heard from the Lord, that you were brave and took steps, that you walked through a process, you, 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 know, you weren't wild with it. Um, and then, you know, you feel good because the Lord spoke to you and you, you heard accurately. And so um, we had talked about just sharing that with you guys, just um, the, the Lord will speak to you for others. And there's a way for you to weigh that and to walk that through. Um, but you can be confident that God... Uh, would speak to you. He might be calling you on the phone right now. So, <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and hear from Jacob. So one of the things that God put on my heart while I was there um, was how important it was to just show up and be where we were. Mm. Um, this mission trip was really about making connections and establishing relationships again. So we weren't doing anything crazy or outlandish. Um, but last Sunday, we were having lunch in an Aka village, and one of the guys came and sat at our table, and he said to Ben um, just how excited he was that we were eating with him. And that seemed so simple, but when I was thinking about it, it's like the reason that's important is because we were there. And just how much that meant to them didn't have to do anything powerful. We just had to show up and do what God wanted. And he has a plan, and he knows what he wants to do, even if you don't know it. And all you have to do is show up. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, I, I talked to Jacob a little bit later about this. There's, there's some significance to, to that exchange, you know. Um, and sometimes we in our context, the way that we kind of think about life is, as, as uh, Americans, um, we have a tendency to have a lower value for being present. Um, I've even had conversations with people at times because they look at the kind of the expense it, it costs to get a team over there. 
and they'll think in some way like, Pastor, couldn't, couldn't we do more over there if we just sent them the money? Like, wouldn't that be, wouldn't, wouldn't that be better in a sense? And I, I can tell you that the thinking behind that is this, that the dollar is more important than your presence. Uh, and it's not true. Uh, it's, it's not true. Uh, we could take a huge collection and send money over there and it means nothing to them in comparison to a team coming and showing up. The, the present, the relationship, the interaction, and the history, the shared history that you build is absolutely invaluable. And I shared with Jacob this later. The man who made that comment, his comment was actually, uh, I like to watch you eat. But that sounds, that feels a little, little weird when you translate it. Um, but the, the man who said that, his name is Salah Aga. Uh, he was the first pastor that we connected with on our first trip in 2012. And he's the same man on one of the trips that we took back later who stood up in a congregation of Aka leaders and pastors and said publicly, thank you. Teams always come to visit, but you're the only one who comes back and was publicly making a statement about shared history and relationship that was the most valuable and the most important. And so his little comment to us as we were eating was kind of a tip of the hat to that reality. Uh, your, listen to me, your presence, being present, and then participating with the Lord with what he would be doing in and through you as you interact with people, it is more valuable than your stuff, your resources, your things, your accomplishment, all of those things Paul would say is chaff. That's all stuff that's gonna, that's gonna burn in the end, but it's the investment that you make kingdom-wise that really has eternal and lasting reward. And so there's, there's great, just great uh, insight into even catching that exchange and even how the, the Spirit of God would quicken your attention uh, to remember that. The pictures that we have up here just kind of illustrating that was when we went with Pastor Me into his village. We didn't do a church service at all. We went and we visited people in their homes. Most of them would, would be who we, uh, I, I would call them uh, 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 pre-believers. Uh, a lot of times when we visit somebody who's not a follower of Jesus, we'd say that they're unsaved or they're not Christian, but I like pre-believers because I think that Jesus is chasing people's hearts and it's only a matter of time until he gets them. Um, but that's what we were doing there. We were just present. Uh, the two ladies in that central picture, um, they're, they're Buddhist. We had a very open and um, encouraging conversation with them. Uh, but the, this is where they landed. They landed on uh, every, every religion is good. And they all have value. And so there's, there's something that needs to shift from that kind of uh, universalist type of a thought to Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And one of the conversations that we started to shift is they were saying, you know, every religion has value. I drew their attention to the fact that, but we, we were there. You know, when was the last time the monk came to your home? When was the last time the witch doctor visited you? When was the last time somebody else who was telling you you had to pay your way to somehow get to a place of nirvana when was the last time they gave of themselves to come and sit with you and say that there's grace and there's freedom? 
and to give that context. And I think that there's, it's just a matter of time because Pastor Me visits those ladies, uh, um, visits their household. Um, and it's, if you would be praying for one thing, be praying for them. Um, that family's gonna come to Jesus. I think the next time that we go and visit there, we'll see them at church and that'll be something to celebrate. Uh, last team member we're gonna hear from is Andrew and we're gonna have him uh, share for a few moments. Well, a couple things. The, uh, <clears throat> before we had left, on our trip, we had some meetings with Ben just to do some team building stuff, and he asked us just to kind of pray and that we'd know what the Lord would speak to us or for our trip. And, but the Lord gave me a, kind of my anchor verse for the whole trip, really, and it's um, um, the Lord, or Psalm 23. And you guys all know that, but Psalms 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want... And boy, when that really sunk in, that means God's provided everything we already need before we even went on the trip. Once you say yes to God, guaranteed he's already equipped you with what you need for what you're saying yes to. And, um, and he provides for all those needs. And our trip was just amazingly in that. I mean, I, I kept journals as I go. That's just kind of how I am on these kind of trips. I write everything down, and then I'm a photojournalist and took a bunch of pictures, but, and last night when I was processing all this, it's just like, there it just was too, num too many um, episodes or times to count when God just provided, 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 provided all along the way for everything we did. And um, so it was, it was just cool to watch that play out, even with the team members and how he mixed us here. I'm the senior member of this entourage running around with all these young guys, and I'm just like, oh, man the old man in the crowd, but he provided for all that stuff. Well, Pastor Joe, or, um, yeah, Pastor Joe was early on in the trip. We met him, but then as the time was going on, he's like, hey, I'm going to, I want to plant a church, and I'm excited. I want to take you guys out to the site where I have this vision for this church, and, and what he wants to build is a new worship center and then a housing community for the, housing community for the Aka people. And so um, it's like being in construction and stuff, it's like, man, I'm all, I'm all over this. I'm going to see what's going on out there, you know. And so, and he was super excited. So he took the whole team out there. And um, looks like bare ground right now, but um, Pastor Joe knows what God's told him to do and what that's going to be when it's all done. And so we went out there, and, and Pastor Paul was with us. Um, and I was really honored because um, Pastor Paul's like, Andrew, he goes, do I feel like the Lord's telling me that I want you to lead the prayer for praying over the ground, praying for God's provision, for praying just everything involved with that project that Pastor Joe had a, had a vision for. And, and then um, even though I let out, then all the rest of the guys, everybody was praying for it. And it was, um, like Ben said, it was, just, it was a rich time of prayer, and you could feel something move, and it's just like, man, God's going to provide for Pastor Joe in every way and every need. And the ultimate goal really is that what Pastor Joe wants to do is spread the gospel and enlarge the kingdom, and that's what we're all called to do. We come to know the Lord, have a, a relationship with Jesus Christ, and then we're to turn around and spread that good news and keep growing the kingdom of God. And so, um, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, this, this was... Um 
it's like the last significant ministry moment that we had was actually praying for a church that's not in existence yet. It was standing on the ground with a blueprint of the vision, praying for what is not yet. Uh, and there is great significance in, in praying in, in that way. That's, that's actually what it looks like to pray in faith, to pray for something that is not yet as if it already is because of what God's going to do and how he's going to respond. And so we're, we're looking forward in the next few years to see how the Lord provides for Joe and kind of makes those kind of moves. Joe is the pastor of the Aka church that we're connected to in Mesalong. And so he's actually going to be leaving that church to plant a church. They're going to have to go through a transition of pastoral leadership. All of the stuff that comes with that, it doesn't get any more simple in Thailand than it is in the United States. Those things are always challenging. But we're looking forward to being a part uh, of seeing that, and uh, Andrew and David were already talking about what it would look like to go back and to lead worship um, as, as the first missions team coming to do partnership with that church once it comes into expression. So um, if that's something, you, you know, if you like big vision projects and things like that, just start, put that in your back pocket, start praying for that consistency, consistently with the Lord. And I'm going to invite the worship team to come forward. Church family, I'm going to ask you to stand and um, we're going to, we're going to pray for you. Uh, we're going to pray over you guys in, in just a moment. Um, one, of, one of the things that I, I would draw your attention to is just like how, how simply, uh, how, how simple the things were that God asked us to do. Um, the outline of the, well, the travel wasn't simple, and there was a lot of other challenges, but the, the ministry stuff that we were at, it was simple stuff. You know, we showed up and we were present. We invested in friendships and relationships. We brought encouragement. We took time, uh, took time to pray and to tend for needs in people's lives. Uh, we shared scripture and things that we were hearing the Lord speak to us about our own lives as points of encouragement. And I draw your attention to how simple those things are be, because they're accessible to every believer. And you don't have to go everywhere. You don't have to go to an exotic place. You don't have to go to a foreign place. You don't have to travel far to do any of those things. All of the things that we did over there, you can do here. Here, there, and everywhere, you can do those things. You can be somebody who encourages other believers. You can be somebody who speaks, uh, speaks uh, of your faith. You can be somebody who prays and contends for healing. You can be a person of prayer. You can share scripture. You can share what the Lord's doing in your life. Everything that we did on this trip, you can literally do after church today. Because the invitation to partner with Jesus is really, it's just that simple. And so when I ask you to do something for a moment, I just want you to close your eyes and I want you to consider that as, as uh, maybe an action step or a way for you to respond. You know, how, how might God be sending you into our community this week? You know, how, how might he send you into the community this week? know if you're new if you're visiting this community if you're just kind of getting connected here how might God have you here on assignment to do as much through you in the next bit of time as he wants to do in you as he would connect you you know if you've been here for a long time 
you kind of consistently see some of the broken patterns in our community, how might God use you to be a disruptor of that? How would he use you to be a person of encouragement? How would he use you or call you to be present? How would he raise up faith in you to pray and contend for a move of God? How would he use you to share your faith simply and authentically, to lean on one another? Lord, open our eyes to the invitation that you give us. Lord, open our hearts to the command that you give us. Jesus, you call each one of us to you to receive new life. And then you send us from you to be heralds of that good news. And so, Lord, for each heart today, I pray that you would give them a divine imagination of what it would look like to partner with you simply this week. Lord, help us to be present in our relationships, to be people of encouragement. That as your word challenges us to encourage one another daily, that that would be a part of the way that we live our lives. It would just be a baseline praxis for us. Lord, increase our faith to pray with expectation. Lord, to pray for healing, to pray for wholeness, to pray for breakthrough, to pray for freedom. Not reserving that for the prayer station or for a time of corporate gathering, but being quick to be people of prayer here, there, and everywhere where you would have us in this community. Lord, help us to share our faith simply and confidently. And Lord, help us to have eyes that see others who don't know you and a heart to reach them. Lord, a grace to love them where they are and to invite them to move towards you. And Lord, for our friends in Thailand, for each of those churches who've already met for church, each of those communities who are hungry for a move of you, Lord, we uh, pray that you would encourage those pastors, that you would awaken prayer within those congregations. Lord, that you would give them eyes, not for just themselves, but for the mission, that they would begin to imagine what it would look like to be used by you to impact other communities. And Lord, for the places of need, we pray that you would meet those needs. And Lord, that the things that were begun, that you would see them grow and fruitful, that you would see them to completion as your word promises that you would. And Lord, guide our steps this week as we would go simply on mission here where you have us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, in just a moment, our worship team will kind of close us out as we go. I want to encourage you to connect with the team members or past team members. If you want to hear more, uh, be following with us uh, online or Facebook so that you can pick up some more information on that. And as you hear about future trips, begin to pray about whether or not the Lord's going to send you from here to everywhere.